the women who never had the self-worth could not pass down to us that self-worth, could not teach us that self-worth. So it's both behavioral and epigenetic through the genes, through the memories, and energetic. And uh, so that we cannot resolve imposter syndrome. And this is why no kind of everybody just lives with it. Unless we go at it both behaviorally and mindset-wise, and epigenetically and transgenerationally, and there is a collective component too. Welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage all wrapped up into one podcast. We get it. We're all on journeys. We're all looking to do life just a little bit better. So we deliver the experts straight to your earbuds so that you will understand and become a true believer that your life is meant for more. So get ready, get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Mika and Jules, and we're obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Today we have Tatiana Villarea, and we are talking imposter syndrome. Do you feel that tug that surge of self-doubt or are you an overperformer and always very hard on yourself when you don't meet your goals? Well, we're talking about it today and Tatiana's amazing. She's a hypnotherapist. She's an expert on all things female entrepreneurship. She is amazing and she's going to set us straight and stop us from doubting ourselves. Welcome, Tatiana. Hi, um, thank you for having me. Okay, Tatiana, we start off our episodes asking our guests, what are you obsessed with? Well, I'm obsessed with helping other women, female entrepreneurs, heal their emotions so they can transform their businesses and their relationships. And as a result, make all that impact and income that they so deeply desire to make. And I'm also obsessed with traveling. As I said, I'm a digital nomad. So I travel a lot and work from different parts of the world because we live on the rock flying through space that's covered in life. Can you believe that? We are so lucky. It really is amazing, especially when it put it that way, right? Aren't we lucky? (laughs) (laughs) A rock flying through space with life on it. I mean, when you put it like that, it really puts things in perspective because we often take ourselves so seriously. We have to plant roots. We have to do this, this, and that. And I know I've fallen to kind of the mindset that we have to check off all the boxes in our lives, you know, get married, check, have a baby, check, start a professional career, check, go to college, check. And then you kind of get to this place where you've checked off all the boxes, yet you're still unhappy. So you're doing it girl style here, aren't you? Um, I try my best. Well, I've been also checking the boxes and also wanted to go the traditional route. But um, then things changed and I had a lot of life altering experiences and near death experience actually was one of them. So my life was turned upside down and I started questioning a lot of things. And and then I realized that it was very important for me to leave some type of legacy since that experience. And I started working with women and trauma and emotional healing. And uh, that's what started my journey. What do you mean by? Trauma. I mean, trauma can look so differently. And how do you heal them? 
I know you've had a conversation about trauma on your podcast and a couple of them, right? Um, so your audience, probably your listeners probably already know the definition of trauma that is less uh, classical, but some events that, you know, some attack, some shock, but that more current definition that it's an experience that we have in our bodies that is very individual. It depends on our resilience. It depends on our nervous system. And it can be anything, right? Whatever overwhelms our nervous system. And if we tie it actually to self-doubt and the imposter syndrome, which imposter syndrome is self-doubt on steroids also, right? That really heightens sense of doubting and thinking that everything that we achieved, all our credentials, it's kind of like it happened by chance and we achieve for more and all that taking on more responsibilities to prove ultimately that not enoughness. Well, when we tie it back to and look at it from the perspective of emotional wounding and relational wounding and trauma, we can see that the approach that we often have from the mind-based approaches, right? All there, we have to think differently. We have to think positively. We just have to change our thinking. It simply cannot work because of the emotional wounding and trauma live in our neurocircuitry and neurochemically, all right, as a result in our, as our emotions. And this cannot be changed in the level of the mind and only working with mindset. And this is what I quickly realized in my own journey. When I started my business, I had a huge transformation with hypnotherapy, huge transformation. Everything else I've tried until that point, nothing else worked, right? And I was able to heal that medical injury because one of the things that hypnotherapy does, that hypnosis does, it rewires neural pathways. And I wanted to share it with the world. And then I started my business and all the self-doubts and all the blocks and everything started coming up. And my biggest one was actually fear of visibility, fear of public speaking, camera, all of that. It was for so me too, huge. me too, me too. It was right. It happens so often for so many women, more often than we admit or realize, actually, from my experience. And I realized all of this was deeply connected to my trauma. And I realized that we are mislabeling something. We call it mindset issues, when in fact, it's deep relational emotional wounding and trauma that lives in the body and the neurocircuitry. And we cannot just solve it on the mind level alone. No reasoning, no analytical things, no, just just think differently. Yeah. So when you talk about healing people's emotions, healing our own emotions, is that what you do through that hypnotherapy? Or can you kind of expand on that part of your practice? So I use the, uh, the umbrella therapy because I can this way parallel the work I do on the level of the body with the subconscious work and do it simultaneously, right? Instead of doing things separately, which is we're already so disconnected because of how we look at different industries and you go to a doctor, if you hurt a pinky, you go to one doctor. And if you, I don't know, the whole, for the whole arm, you go to another doctor, especially in the Western medical system, right? And I started putting everything I've learned for over 10 years on my own journey and overcoming my own. I almost quit my business. I almost stopped that dream, that purpose, that desire to change, to make a change and make a difference in other women's lives and share hypnotherapy and its gifts with others. All of it, I got in $15,000 in debt because I went for all the mindset work and 
we are told as entrepreneurs to work on our strategy and work on our mindset. And then nothing worked and I got in debt and I almost quit my job. I mean, my business and went back to my job. And this is when I realized I had to save myself. And I started improvising and innovating. And this is when I realized that we are mislabeling things. And the trauma that lives in the body, that paralysis of doubt, it lives in that freeze, fight and flight responses and they live in the body. So what I do and what I've developed over the years is I use the hypnotic states to... Just curious, what is a hypnotic state? A hypnotic state would be, we go to hypnotic state daily, a couple of times a day. For sure, when we wake up and right before we fall asleep. And then also when we are watching some boring commercials or we are driving on the highway. And it's that state of um, changing the wavelength of our brain. Oh my gosh, when we're driving on a highway, you're in a hypnotic state. That's really yeah. scary. Have you, have you ever experienced that feeling with it's that, that monotonous? And it's just, you know, the trees and the cars are passing by and then it's like that tunnel thing. Yeah, it puts your brain in a different state. Right. And so our brain changes the waves naturally from that beta brain that we are communicating in now and into the alpha and then beta, beta to alpha to, and all the way to delta when we sleep. So we use this change of the brain waves to go deeper into the some like hypnotic states and trance states are basically the same thing. And so is meditation, by the way. Meditation is hypnosis. Hypnosis is meditation. But Hypnosis is a much more navigatable experience when another person can guide you with questions. And what I do on top of it is we go through the body because the body remembers everything. And it just so happened that I developed a set of tools that help to process the body memory that is stored using a tool literally uh, that can be done techniques I use can be done by a five-year-old and I don't work with children, but they are so simple that they can be done by a five-year-old if <laughs> we needed to. And unhooking and releasing that stored trauma or emotional wounding or relationship wounding, all that fly frees, all these states in the nervous system that keep us in those overwhelmed or anxiety and panic states. You know, when the whole body freaks out, when we have to click that live button, right? Or when we have to say our price to a client on the call as entrepreneurs, or when we public speaking and we are experiencing all this freeze state. And like, I used to feel like I was dying, like my vocal cords were just shut down. And I went, I like, I felt like a panic attack. And the work with the body, this is what made all the change and transformation. So once we unhook it, and those frozen states or fight and flight states are released, the mindset and the thinking change naturally because the body is no longer storing the trauma in itself. When you put it that way, it makes so much sense to me, right? Like it's not just the mindset that we need to work on because it lives within our body. But when we start down this path, right, we always think it's our mind that we need to fix. There's something wrong with the way we're thinking. If we throw an affirmation onto it, we can fix this, right? Yeah, I'll make, like, meditate, yeah or meditation, right? Yeah. Like we've all yeah. been there where we search so hard for that quick and easy fix. Yet the way you explain the hypnotic state and getting there, 
you said it's simple. How do you start to get your clients there? How did you get there yourself to unlock that within our bodies to start actually making a real difference in our life? You mean how I started it? Uh, how like, I developed? What are some of those simple tools that you said a five-year-old could even do? Well, that's the work that I do in, inside the hypnotherapy session, right? And the overall, in theory, how I ex- can explain it is it has to tie both the body, both of our brain hemispheres, and of course, our subconscious mind, and of course, our conscious mind. This is partially why I also combine my work with hypnotherapy with my work with coaching, right? So all the grounds are covered. And when we do it simultaneously with the conscious mind, with the subconscious mind. So in other words, I am a hypnotherapist who is not only using suggestive hypnosis, it's actually my least used tool, because I think if we clear the emotions and we release what the body is storing, it's much easier to then suggest new thoughts and ideas into the subconscious, what normally what suggestive hypnosis do, right? So I try to do it simultaneously and also after it release the body, working with the client over a series of sessions, right? We will get to the subconscious, but first we address the body. And the reason I'm talking about the two hemispheres is because all that fear is actually trapped in not just our amygdala and not just our fear centers in the limbic brain. But what I've discovered and how I've discovered all of it is I realized that our right hemisphere is what stores and traps unprocessed emotion. And so we have to work both with the left and the right hemispheres together with the body, together with the subconscious. And when we do it this way, literally, the mind and the thinking changes. And how I do it, well, it depends on the person. It depends on what the... um, Because we store our emotions in completely different places in our body. So basically, the body remembers everything. The body stores everything. And I listen deeply and guide the client deeply, depending on what's happening for them. Right. There's no one size fits all, right? No, there is no, even with the same client as I work with them over, let's say, three months, meeting with them twice a month, right? So it's not even a lot of sessions. The changes happen every, every session, real time. And my clients usually joke, you know, Tatiana, how you usually write, there is no emotion. When, when there is no emotional charge anymore, everything changes. Well, I no longer have that emotional charge. You call it emotional charge. Now I stop crying. My mom doesn't make me mad. And there is no emotional charge. So I guess there is no emotional charge. So I think I know the answer to this, but typically how long does it take or how long do you work with a client on unlocking those inner blocks and those inner emotions that we need to heal? It will depend on the client and there is no one size fits all. I do know that the amount of stored trauma will be one of the signifiers I usually see upon meeting the client, right? And I recognize the signs and also the amount of resistance because for us overachievers, For us overdoers who that sense of lack of confidence and self-doubt and the imposter is basically that not enoughness, right? 
So we take on the extra projects and we never stop achieving and we never we check all the boxes. And I've been there. I'm going to be the first person to admit that, right? The type A, you know, A plus student and all of that. And so we pick up all the defenses on the way and the willingness of the client to look into it will also play into it. But also important to note, these the imposter syndrome and self-doubt. I developed a whole theory on the topic. The reason why all famous people are talking about it from stages, TED Talks, and nobody nailed, like, what do we actually do? Like the leading experts on imposter syndrome write in their books and say that we have to just think differently. We have to think like non-imposters. Easier said than done, right? Oh, yes. Don't you know what we should be all thinking and doing differently? But then we are shaking on that with that presentation or when somebody criticizes us and the body drags us back to square one. And this is how a lot of entrepreneurs get in debt. They go from coach to coach to coach and take that next professionals, right? Professional women. We go for those uh, certifications and more achievements and get more credentials because ultimately it's that state of not enoughness. And the theory I developed around this is we cannot address the imposter syndrome without addressing transgenerational trauma and the conditioning. And it's both behavioral and role modeling. And of course, the mindset and all the behaviors that we learned, but also the deep epigenetic passed down through generations, body memory that we took on. What is epigenetic? Oh, epigenetic is the, uh, not so new, but the science about how we pass down our memories to our generations down the line, right? And the science says it's at least seven generations. So even if it's not seven, ladies. Wow, that's just a lot to think about seven generations. Like, logically, I don't even know if I know seven generations back, right? Yeah, me neither. How about you, Julie? Do you know your seven generations? I don't. It's so (laughs) crazy. And it makes so much sense. And we did talk to Dr. Nima Romani about this. So we have an idea. But the fact that what our great, 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 great grandmother felt and did and how she conducted her life has a direct effect on us right now. That is so mind boggling in a way. And in the way I work. This is what exactly we are able to tap into through that stored memory in the body, in that unresolved emotional state and trauma that is trapped inside the person. And we can think about it from spiritual perspective. If any of you listeners are spiritual and like more metaphysical, that the energy is what's storing it, like the energetic field. Or we can go pure based on science. And I do both because I, again, I have an unusual perspective on life. I love science and I had a near-death experience and life changed since then. (laughs) Right? So. Oh my gosh. We store it and my clients are able to experience it and feel. They never knew that grandma. They never knew that grandfather. Like for example, when a client would tap into that feeling that her female lineage carried, and speaking of the imposter and self-doubt and self-worth and lack of all of those, so women who never had the self-worth 
could not pass down to us that self-worth, could not teach us that self-worth. So it's both behavioral and epigenetic through the genes, through the memories, and energetic. And uh, so that we cannot resolve imposter syndrome. And this is why no kind of everybody just lives with it. Unless we go at it both behaviorally and mindset-wise, and epigenetically and transgenerationally, and there is a collective component too. We're deeply collective creatures, especially as women. We feel ourselves as parts of the whole. So we cannot resolve self-confidence, self-worth, self-doubt, and imposter without taking that measuring stick back. Because when we feel not enough, it's ultimately we're using that external validation. The only way to do it is to bring that measuring stick of our validation back home and become self-defined and become self-determined, self-sufficient, self-sourced. And we have to clear the epigenetic memory and the body memory for that. And of course, subconscious and of course, mindset. So would you say the work that you are doing is more of a cure than sabotage, just self imposter syndrome and just all of these things to become more self-defined and bring back that power and give ourselves that power to feel like enough again? So, well, we're not in the medical industry, right, to speak about the cure. And even for the medical industry, I would argue that there are cures, there are solutions and coping strategies. And yes, things can be cut out. And I had developing cancer at age 21. So I'm very familiar. This is actually what I tried to heal, the medical injury that got developed as a result of that surgery. This is how I discovered hypnotherapy. So we, nobody can guarantee us any cures. But if we look at what I'm trying to do, what my mission, what my, my biggest drive and passion in life is, help my clients, help anyone to get to the roots of what is holding that emotional state and therefore all that mindset, address it, face it, work with very effective tools that create real-time results. And then they will see everything. It's like the domino. If you find the domino, everything else aligns. If you don't find the domino, that's why we go for all the, I need to get more, I don't know, I need to know better business strategy because I'm missing the business strategy. How many times I've worked with a woman who is deeply afraid of being visible and seen and afraid of wealth in her body, it's unsafe. She thinks in her analytical conscious mind, she wants the $50,000 a month. But when I got her through the session, she realizes she's terrified of that level of visibility, exposure, success, wealth, fame, everything. And this is the state of unsafety that lives in the body. And so if we address the unsafety, then she discovers, oh, all the strategy I'm already using, all the money I've already invested in my marketing and my business. And before that internal piece, it never worked, but now it does. I don't need to invest extra money and I'm not missing strategy. I've been missing myself. I've been missing the safety. I've been missing the security. I've been missing that self-worth the deep healing with my mother or deep healing with my father. And this is why I can't charge more. And this is why no matter how many mindset coaches tell me, I'm just paraphrasing some of the things that my clients tell me or my own experience as well with fear of visibility. This is why when on the call, we know our coaches tell us, like I've been told for years, you are undercharging Tatiana. I knew that. 
But every time I would get on a sales call, and this is what my clients come to me with too now, right? We attract the similar clients that I know everything in my mind, but then I'm on that call, or even over a message, over an email, when somebody asks, all the doubts, everything goes back and we are dragged back by that neurochemical, neuropathways and neurochemistry of our bodies. And the subconscious mind, of course, but I'm not speaking about it as much because most people already know that part. I love that. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this topic because mm-hmm. it really is something that a lot of us struggle with and a lot of us don't know how to get back to ourself and cure those inner parts of us that really need that love and attention and compassion, right? A lot of this is just giving ourselves the compassion and grace to do the work because it's not our fault the way we're struggling with some of these things, but it is our responsibility to take them into our own hands and have those desired outcomes actually come to fruition in our life. What is something that you just kind of want to leave our audience with today that will either help motivate them in doing the work that does, it is really hard, but doing that work that is worth it or some tools that you want to just leave them with today? In regards to the tools is always asking Or when there is a block in achieving whatever we desire to achieve and asking and questioning ourselves deeply, what is it that I'm afraid of? And now that you know, with the help of this podcast and many others as um, for the listeners, right? Now that you know that, okay, the body's involved exploring that, like what happens in my body? What happens in my system when I get afraid or when I doubt? What are the patterns? Because when you get that type of self-awareness, it's then easier to go with that self-awareness to a practitioner because you now know how deep is the deep and you can start unraveling it. And working through the body does not take years. Working with the body memory does not take years and years of mindset, by the way. So from the perspective of tools is always asking and observing, what is it that I'm afraid of? And what are the patterns? What are the repeating patterns and life scenarios? One of the things I teach in my work, life scenarios that we repeat. What life scenario our mom lived and now we are repeating, right? Including professionally, including romantically, all of that. And even health-wise, like psychosomatic issues. A whole different story, I know. We're not going to go there. And if you're listening and you know you're a professional woman or or an entrepreneur and you've tried all the strategies and you've invested heavily in marketing and you're trying to just push through with willpower and just constantly trying to twist the brain into some pretzel (laughs) and it's not working, then I know how it feels, right? So maybe it's a good time to pause and observe and think, Maybe I'm missing a different strategy. Maybe the strategy has all along been internal. And if this piece is aligned, if I actually address the deep emotional wounds and traumas that are perhaps, I would almost guarantee it, but perhaps underneath all of those blocks, visibility, fears, all the emotional roller coasters, any issues with clients and the patterns with clients that we have. Maybe if I go there, and devote my time and my the devotion of myself there and then see how life transforms, how business transforms and then making that difference in other people's lives as well. Because when we solve it for ourselves, 
when we become the experts in who we are, we can become the experts in what we do. And then we imprint it and share it with onto others and share it with others. Wow. I mean, there is so much value in this conversation. And just like Tia said, I honestly believe this is only a part one with Tatiana. So if you are battling imposter syndrome or self-doubt, low self-esteem, confidence, first of all, I want to tell you obsessors, refuse to let it hold you back. Yep. Do the work, question yourself, reach out to Tatiana. We'll have all her information in the show notes. Get obsessed with living your best life, but doing things outside the box. And I want to thank Tatiana. I want to thank you, our listeners, our obsessors. We adore you. Don't forget to tap on those five stars and send us some love, review, rate, and subscribe. Until we meet again, get obsessed with your life. Hey, all I have a treat for you. It is something I'm obsessed with. It is a podcast called Doctor versus Comedian. Doctor versus Comedian? What the hey? Well, they asked the question, is laughter the best medicine? So there are two co-hosts, one's a doctor and one's a comedian, and they are obsessed with understanding each other's professions. They pick topics from comedy to entertainment and everything in between. And guess what? It is laugh out loud. It's super funny, super insightful. You got to take a listen. Doctor versus Comedian. Find the info in our show notes and listen to it wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Get obsessed with this. Doctor versus Comedian. I'm Dr. Asif Doja. And I'm Dr. Ali Hassan. He is not a doctor. In fact, he is a stand-up comedian. Way to ruin it. In our new podcast, Doctor versus Comedian, in each episode, I'll pick a topic from comedy and entertainment. And I'll question Ali about that. And then I'll pick a topic from health and wellness and question Asif about that. For example, I might ask, is laughter the best medicine? To which I might answer, for actual COVID-19, no. For the COVID blues that 7 billion people have been feeling lately, quite possibly. I'll supply the anecdotes. And I'll supply the evidence. And our goal is to be informative and entertaining. We'll be talking about serious topics in an unserious way. Upcoming topics include comedy, COVID, clowns, cannabis, and other things that don't start with C. So please subscribe to Doctor vs. Comedian wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes releasing every Friday. Or is it dropping? What, what do people say these days? And scene.